This is the Be God's Light podcast with Ben Greenbaum and Mark Elsesser. In 2022, we spent an entire year looking at the life of Jesus from the four Gospels. And in 2023, we explored the rest of the New Testament. So here in 2024, we're diving into the Old Testament for a look at how God has been at work from the very beginning. We had a month off, so welcome back to the podcast world, everybody. And welcome back to my colleagues here, Ben, and of course, Doug, who fixes everything that we say wrong. Do you think that, Ben, do you think that Doug can do that for like 48 straight weeks, that he can make us sound smarter than we are? Yeah, because there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> there's nothing. He has, he has pointed out that you are um, wanting to say that. From time to time, uh, I didn't even know that I have been saying that apparently uh, pretty consistently. Celebrity culture is nothing new no. uh, under the sun. No, there's nothing new here uh, under the sun. Yeah, there's nothing new under the it's sun. It's as old as time, and it's absolutely there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, there's nothing new under Art. the sun. Yeah, I mean that's just reality. So yeah, yeah, but I mean, in fact, there is nothing new under the sun. Is your goal to, to say that less this year or to, as we were talking about earlier, to find something yeah. new under the sun this yeah, year? Yeah, that, that, that's my New Year's resolution. To find it's something to, new. Yeah, is to say there's nothing new under the sun less and then to find something new under the sun. So send me your thoughts and suggestions. You can email them to me or shoot me a text or give me a call. Or find something yourself that's new under the sun and yes, yes. Bring it to you. That will be the journey that I'm on for 2024. (laughs) That sounds like a pretty exciting journey. So we can't say, wait to see what unfolds there. Okay. So this has been a, it's been a lot of fun. We've done this for a couple of years and we've gone through the entire new Testament in the last two years. And now we're going to speed through the old Testament in one year. That seems dumb. Because the Old Testament's so much longer, <laughs> but nobody accused us of intelligence. Uh, so we're we're going to cover, you know, part of the Old Testament. I mean, we're going to go from beginning to end, but skip a lot of stuff because it's because it's so long. So we got to figure out what we want to cover and what we're going to skip. Any particular parts you have request that we should skip? Things that we just don't want to have to. Think deal about. with <laughs> talk about no but as they come as you mention them to me and you're like what are your thoughts on that i'm just gonna be like we can go ahead and skip that <laughs> okay that will be your, we'll do it in time your plan and the second time that you do it i'll say there's nothing new under the sun <laughs> so uh so that's what we're doing this year we're gonna we are gonna follow the chronology of the old testament and insert the prophets into the historical settings as they at appropriate times that there, there's a lot of wisdom literature, you know, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, all that. We'll just kind of maybe introduce that or slide that in from time to time when it seems to make sense. But one of the main themes I think would be good is to connect the Old Testament to Jesus and the New Testament. Because I think, don't you think a lot of people think, well, the Old Testament's irrelevant. It doesn't matter now. It doesn't count because we have the New Testament so we can kind of ignore the Old Testament. Uh, that's not the right way? No, no. I think a lot of times, though, people do. They see a gap between the Old Testament text and the New Testament and don't necessarily understand how all the puzzle pieces uh, fit together or how um, 
the whole of Scripture really wraps around Christ himself. So as we look at the Old Testament, one of the things that we will see is how the whole of it points to the coming Messiah. Yeah, that's so, that's so important. The way this is laid out over the next 47, 48 weeks is for, there'll be full chapters of the Old Testament, pretty much, for five days a week that will be part of daily devotion reading. So you can find those by going to our church's app. We'll give you more information on that later. And and read along. Read, read, read a chapter of the Old Testament each day for at least five days a week. And that'll be accompanied by some devotions that I've written and a poem that my sister-in-law has written. And it will, these will tie in with the sermons that we do on the, on the Sundays. So you can, you can listen to those or watch those or, or if you're in the area, attend, that'd be awesome. And a lot of the times the Sunday school classes or small groups or the places connected with here do a Bible study based upon some of those passages. Are you still going to write those Bible studies, right? Yeah, yeah. In connection with the uh, passages that are being preached on Sunday morning, uh, the plan is to write uh, studies uh, in conjunction with those uh, passages. Yeah, so the the cool part is that there's lots of different options. You can choose um, all, some, or none. <laughs> we'll see which one's wiser <laughs> at the end of the time. But the more ways that you can dive into it, the better to get a, a good understanding of the Old Testament. So let's let's just do let's just look at creation a little bit here at the this is a new year and a, a new time so it makes sense to talk about the beginning of all things here at the at the beginning of the year. And let's just jump in and take a look about that. There's a lot with the creation story and but I want to focus today on the creation of people. So there's, there's lots of other good stuff there. We're just not going to have time to, to jump into the creation of the earth and plants and animals and the sun and the moon and all those kind of things. But let's just go to the creation of people. It's, it's in Genesis chapter 1 down in verse 26. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I will give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I will give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good, and there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day of creation. So we, we have this creation of people, and what, what kind of stands out to you from the, you know, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, kind of have different accounts of the way people are 
were created by God, one you know, kind of written in one style, another another style, different perspective. What stands out to you from this Genesis 1 creation view, Ben, of, of human beings and, and how God went about the business? Um, that all of humanity are image bearers of the triune God. And so in that, we, there's inherent dignity and inherent worth um, in all... Uh, and all of God's human creation. And uh, in that too, I, I think about how having been created in the image of God, again, of the triune God, that as God himself exists in community, the Father, the Son, and the, the Spirit, how we are uh, created to exist in community. You know, later God will, you know, he made the, the points made in Genesis 2 that it's not good for man uh, to be alone as we see the creation of Eve. And so there is this innate desire to be in relationship uh, with others, um, to enjoy uh, friendships, to enjoy companionship, um, not only with, uh, with our fellow uh, image bearers, but with God um, himself. And so, uh, you know, I look at the body of Christ and how God has given us the church uh, as an extension of his uh, creative intent um, that we get to exist in relationship with those who are uh, mutual followers of Christ, who are seeking to collectively live into God's call and desire for our lives and the opportunity we have to share that with one another. You know, God's desires for community and unity, it's a pretty Pretty beautiful picture of creation. I, I love the way you put that. Uh, it reminds me of what it means to be in family, you know, among neighbors. I don't think that I would do very well if I stayed home by myself and worked all day long. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think, I, mean, I know people do that. I think that I would, I would over time struggle by, if I were trying to be, if I was in isolation most of the time, and not with people. And, yeah. and I, I got I to gotta get around some people, you know? I didn't realize, I think, how much, which is ridiculous in some ways, because I, I look at the relationship that I enjoy with my wife, my kids, friends. But as someone who has this natural bent toward, uh, you know, being an introvert, I thought it was interesting when, when COVID hit, and the world, you know, shut down in March of, of 2020, I thought to myself, initially, I'm like, this is going to be heaven on earth to me. <laughs> like, there is a reason that I li literally can lock myself in a room and read a bunch of books that nobody else on the planet would probably want to read. But uh, I can, you know, I can keep to myself, I can be by myself, I can enjoy this, this time in, in essence, to myself. And I think it was about a week in, and I realized just how desperately I was missing people, missing being around people, you know, the need for, uh, to, to be in the same space as others. I mean, it, it was a real trying time uh, for me, and it was real, uh, just an eye-opening experience for me as it really illuminated uh, to me, how how God has again created us to be in relationships with others and our need uh, for others, and I and I think about that 
on the backdrop of, you know, there's a real within our own society, our own culture, there's a real epidemic right now of loneliness that exists uh, because people have, um, whether from COVID or uh, because of our, in some ways, modern technology, uh, people have physically, in some ways, cut themselves off from others or feel cut off uh, from others. And there is this real just epidemic of loneliness that has led to increased anxiety and depression. And again, it's just this reminder to me, um, and in some ways bears witness to uh, God. Uh, God's intent at creation and creating us in his image, having created us to be in relationship with one another. In August of, of that year, August of 2020, I was in the hospital with COVID, as you know, and I, I was in intensive care for 10 days. There was all kinds of stuff. I was hooked up to every gadget that they could come up with in the medical world and had all kinds of things like that that were being done to me and you know, it's the early days of COVID. And so they were trying to figure it out and all, all that thing. But the very hardest part was the isolation. The, the, because it was the early days of COVID, uh, the nurses and other people didn't want to come into the office. I, mean, the, I call it my office. <laughs> it kind <laughs> of was. Your it office. became my office, my home, my life, my world. They didn't want to come in very much. Um, it, and rightly so. They had to put like a hazmat suit on or whatever to, to come into the room. And it took them a while. And so when they came in, they, they did everything. You know, here's, here's your meds and here's your food and here's this and here's that. And we're going to sit you up. Like all the things they did all at once. And then, then there was nobody around. And they could see me. I had a you know, glass wall door. I mean, the whole wall was glass. They could see me and if any, any problems would, would come about. But I was, I, I figured that, at one point, I figured that I was was alone about 23 hours a day for 10 days. That there were people in there for 15 minutes and gone, you know, and and that was the hardest part of the of the whole experience. There was one doctor who was a believer in in Christ, and he would come in and uh, kind of look at my chart and look at me and shake his head and say, you're really sick. He was super honest with me. But then he, he would, um, he asked me if he could do this. And I said, of course. And so he'd lay hands on me and pray for me. Mm. And he did that every day for a week. And that became sort of my life sustaining moment. I mean, physically not, but emotionally and spiritually, I, I looked for that. I mean, my wife wasn't allowed to visit. My kids weren't allowed to visit. Nobody was allowed in the room, but he came in and, and, uh, you know, I felt like I had leprosy or something and you know, nobody wanted to come near me and, and touch me. And he, he came in and, and he would spend some time with me just a few minutes, but lay hands on me. We are wired from the very beginning for relationship. And it's, when you don't have it for a season, it becomes very evident, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it does. It produces this longing in the heart, uh, again, to be with others. And, and in some ways, for me, it was a wake-up call in, in how I build relationships with others because it's not something that I'm naturally, uh, <laughs> that I naturally come by, um, 
you know, it's, I think Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld one time said, you know, I can talk to 10,000 people, but I can't talk to one. And, uh, and so that, that time and the longing to be with others was this just reminder of my need to, to do better, to be more intentional about building relationships. And it, it really caused me to reflect on how, again, God created us to be in relationship with one another, to be in relationship with him. And as we'll talk about, you know, how sin reaped that reaped separation, reaped dysfunction. And into that, what does God do? He pursues relationship with us by uh, giving us Jesus Christ. And so even when we were separate from him, he still pursues that relationship to draw us in uh, to relationship. And, and yeah, I guess during that time, it was just this, in some ways, not even a precious reminder, but maybe a wake-up call to me about my need to better pursue relationships with others, to be an extension of God's tangible love uh, to others and being intentional about reaching out to others, about uh, being in fellowship with others, about being in community uh, with others. And so uh, while that time was obviously difficult for for everybody, um, it was also one of those moments that, you know, hopefully uh, for some uh, brought us a little bit of clarity, uh, again, about our need for others, but also about our need uh, to see others and to reach out to others and to establish relationships with others. This is recognized by God, obviously, as he creates us. In Genesis 2, in the account of creation, God makes the statement, it is not good for the man to be alone. The very thing we're talking about. And that Genesis 2 account, you know, it's kind of in stages and of the man was formed first in, in Genesis 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. See that intimate connection between God and man. But then down in verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. He wasn't alone alone. He had animals, birds, and was running around naming them in that, in that uh, Genesis chapter two story. But it says no suitable helper was found for him. A, a person to be at the side to work, work with, to do life with. And it's a, it's the recognition, I think from the very beginning that we are created for relationship. We're created to be with others. So even though there was Adam, the man, and he had the entire earth at his disposal. And every bit of creation was there for him. It wasn't like having another person. That's right. And he, he needed her. So the Genesis 2 account, uh, let me just pick it up there in verse 22. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. 
Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. That last part, I think, leads into the, the, the fall, which we'll talk about next week. But this need to be in relationship, this need to be with somebody, is baked into the very beginning of the creation story. It is, it is, and that doesn't mean that everybody has to be a married person to find fulfillment by, by any means, but we aren't, we're not created to be alone. We're not created to, to do life by ourselves. In fact, I, I would just encourage those of you listening, if you kind of fell out of the habit of going to church during COVID and you were staying home and watching it on TV and, and your computer or whatever, and you've sort of stayed in that rhythm, stayed in that pattern, it's a new year. I, I would encourage you to, to find a church and to go be with people as annoying as we are, as hypocritical as we are, you know, the church is full of hypocrites. Yep. You're talking to a couple of them. You're listening to a couple of them right here. And, you know, none of us are perfect, but it's better to do life with people as messy as it is than sort of just to observe it from a distance. So I would encourage any of the listeners who, who just kind of stepped away or for whatever reason, you know, aren't part of a church community, find one. Get with people, get get to know get to know people, and and um, they will bring you great joy and great grief. That's people, that and and you know what? You will too. You'll bring them great joy and great grief because it's about being in relationship with people. And maybe this is the time to just say, it's time for me to get back into a church community and to grow in my faith with other human beings because. God said, it's not good for us to be alone and to, and to do this life and to do faith by ourselves. What would you add to that sentiment that I've tossed out? No, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And for those who are unable to, to make it to a, a church body for whatever reason, might be a shut-in or dealing with some sort of uh, physical or medical uh, issue, um, for those that are in relationship uh, with them, uh, you know, to go, to go knock on their door, uh, to make sure that we're bringing community to those who can't get, uh, to community. And so, yeah, I mean, as we look to 2024, um, as we dive in, uh, for us to, into the old Testament, as we consider now, uh, God's, uh, creative design, uh, for us, uh, how can we better and more fully express that, uh, in this world, uh, to the glory of God, that it would benefit our relationship, not only our individual relationship with Jesus Christ, but be a mutual benefit uh, to others. And so I do have one quick question for you, though. So, you know, we are upon a new year, uh, Pastor Mark. So do you have a New Year's resolution? What have you resolved to do in this new year? I'm not, I'm not really huge on New Year's resolutions. That's, that surprise that's not a thing that that I think about too, too much. I mean, I, it's, I'm, I'm more wired that when God's leading me into a, a particular area or when I am thinking about doing something significant, no matter when it is, then that's what I embark upon. So I, I don't really think about new year's as a day to make a resolution. I, um, it doesn't enter my mind that much is that, Am I the oddball of the world no, here? For no, I, hey, man, I'm not I, really wired that way. No, I, I, uh, 
I concur uh, in in many ways with that with that sentiment, and I find a lot of times people make what I would call unreasonable resolutions. You know, all of a sudden after uh, twenty years of in some ways predictive behavior, the idea that we're you know on January first of a of a new year we're going to change that behavior, and sometimes people put these unreasonable expectations upon themselves to live into something. So sometimes like if you're looking to a new year, you're looking to a new start, I'd say, you know, take some, take some baby steps, you know, give yourself some grace, uh, take a, make it, make, if you're going to make a resolution, make it something reasonable and then make it something profitable also, not only to yourself, but to the whole of, of humanity, um, be a benefit, uh, to another, but gather those around you that can help to, uh, to hold you accountable. I will tell you that one year, it's a funny quick story and I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking, but one year I decided that I was going to get a membership to Anytime Fitness. And why Anytime Fitness? Because you can go anytime. And I had, I had young, I had a young, you know, I had two young kids and I was like, you know, I can, I can go. And we had an Anytime Fitness, like right down the street, literally within walking distance of, of where we used to live. So yeah, this is perfect, especially during the winter months, because I do like to jog and I really like to jog outside, but I don't want to, if it's like, you know, 45 degrees, I really don't want to go outside um, to, to run, especially if there's a brisk wind. And so when it gets really cold during the winter, I don't even, I don't want to go outside. So I was like, I get this membership to Anytime Fitness and I, I went anytime, um, maybe twice, right? And so I had an 18 month contract that I had signed on for, which my my oldest was old enough to make fun of me for because every time we would pass an anytime fitness, she would just say, Hey dad, look, there's an anytime fitness. You can go anytime, but you don't ever go. <laughs> and then uh Sherry also uh, mocked me for my lack of attendance at anytime fitness. But the worst part came when I went to shut down the account after 18 months, because I had signed this contract. I go in to the Anytime Fitness and I hand them like my little key card, my key fob uh, to them. And I'm like, hey, I'm done. They take my key fob, they throw it in the trash can. They're like, you're good to go. And then they proceed. And then so like the account died for like three months. There's no charges. And all of a sudden we start getting charges. And so I'm like, what is going on here? And what I, what I had discovered was I had to like literally, this was, I don't know, 2000 and. 16, maybe I had to write a letter. I had to pen a letter or type a letter out and send it to them in order for them, like an official letter, you know, I, I, I would have had to go find like an envelope. We, I didn't even own an envelope at the time <laughs> I, to, in order to shut down the account. And I got charged for three months of any time fitness. I mean, I wasn't going before, so I guess nothing was really new under the sun. Right, Doug? Uh, but yeah, I got charged for three months um, because I did not write a letter to them and mail it, like physically snail mail it to them. So after that, I was done with the New Year's resolutions. I'm like, this has cost me way more than, than I ever could have imagined. This podcast has been brought to you by Anytime Fitness. <laughs> so thank you for listening today. And you know, that's a great story. You know, maybe it, the, the, what I take out of that more than anything is if you're going to make a resolution, don't sign an 18 month contract. 
That's real wisdom right there. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Give it a shot for a week or two and see how it goes and if it's something you want to you want to do and, and jump into. Well, next week we're going to take a look at a, a tougher topic, the fall of humanity, the introduction of sin into the human experience. I mean, some little stuff, you know, the, the first murder and some, some things like that. But in, until then, if you want to jump in deeper, go to our church's website, fishersumc.org, and click on the Be God's Light link. This will take you to more elements in this year-long study of the Old Testament. Until next time, have a great week, and God bless.